All right. Well, let's uh, turn the word of God again. Uh, we've been uh, looking at uh, Ezra, so we'll look at uh, finishing that up here. Ezra, Ezra chapter 9, Ezra chapter 9. Ezra chapter 9, and we'll begin in verse 5. Ezra chapter 9, beginning of verse 5, says this in the Word of God. And at the evening sacrifice, I arose up from my heaviness, and having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God, and said, O my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head. And our trespass is grown up unto the heavens. Since the days of our fathers have we been in a great trespass unto this day. And for our iniquities have we, our kings and our priests, been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, and to a spoil, and to confusion of face, as it is this day. And now, verse 8, for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape. And to give us a nail in this holy place, that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. For we were bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia, to give us a reviving, to set up the house of our God, and repair the desolations thereof, and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. And now, O our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken thy commandments, which thou hast commanded by thy servant, the prophets, saying, The land unto which ye go to possess it is an unclean land with the filthiness of the people of the lands, with their abominations, which have filled it from one end to another with their uncleanness. Now therefore, give not your daughters unto their sons, neither take their daughters unto your sons, nor seek their peace or their wealth forever, that ye may be strong. And eat the good of the land, and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. And after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds, and for our great trespass, seeing that our God hath punished us less than our iniquities deserve, and hath given us such deliverance as this, should we again break thy commandments, and join in affinity with the people of these abominations? Wouldest not thou be angry with us, till thou hadst consumed us, so that there should be no remnant nor escaping? O Lord God of Israel, Thou art righteous, for we remain yet escaped as it is this day. Behold, we are before thee in our trespasses, for we cannot stand before thee because of this. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you for your goodness and grace. And uh, Lord, uh, again, we just think of those in need of prayer. Lord, we think of the Adam Kowski family. We think of uh, Brother Bill Lavender and his family. Uh, dear God, please just touch and give great grace and uh, guidance in those situations. Lord, we think of those with uh, physical need among us. Again, we think of Sister Meredith. We think of uh, Sister Lisa. We think of uh, Sister Muxlow. We think of uh, Sister Pam and Sonny and uh, Lord uh, Sister Barnett and just others among us, dear God, that just need your hand uh, to come by and uh, touch them 
And Lord, uh, give them what only you can. Lord, we pray for spiritual needs. Lord, we think of uh, Michael, Brother Wood's brother. Thank you for the good report, dear Lord, that he's doing well. But Lord, we'd sure like to uh, see him uh, get saved and work on that relationship with you. <laughs> think of others that are upon our heart. Lord, we all have lost loved ones. We have people we've been witnessing to. Lord, perhaps even here today or somebody listening in, dear Lord, <laughs> that needs to be saved. What a great day it would. Lord, to see the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ applied to somebody's heart even today. And so, Lord, help us, dear Lord, as we look into the Word of God, our desires that Jesus Christ would be exalted and glorified, and Lord, that we might praise Him, and Lord, that you might build your local church. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. And so uh, we've been looking here at Ezra, and uh, let's look here again at verse 8 together. Verse 8, focus on that verse for a moment. Again, it says this, And now for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Boy, a lot in that verse. But it talks about that space of grace. Amen. And uh, I think we've, uh, uh, now we're going through Ezra, but I think I've uh, looked at this verse before, but it talks about that space of grace. And of course, when it talks about a space there, it's talking about a brief, definite moment in time. A brief, definite moment in time. Really, that's all that our life is, right? It's just a, 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 a vapor. I know uh, Sister Sherry was so gracious to tell us uh, how old she really is. But really, that life, that 80 years, is just a brief moment in time. But yet, even within that brief moment of time, God gives us a brief moment in time in which he desires to do something. So God has given this brief moment of time to show grace to Israel. Right? And of course, he chose to use Ezra during this time. And as we've seen, Ezra's main goal as we've gone through it, again, was to get the people into the Word of God and get them back to the God of the Word and get that proper worship going. And, uh, but notice again, of course, we, we saw here, we mentioned this a little bit, uh, Ezra's prayer when he came and he saw the situation there. And uh, notice again, verses 4 and 5. It says then this, verse 4, Then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the words of God, the God of Israel because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. And notice again his uh his reaction to when he saw the sin that had been going on there, he said, I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. And then again, verse five, and at the evening sacrifice, I rose up from my, notice this, my heaviness and having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God. Again, if you just try to picture this in your mind, it's just uh, as as it's just like Ezra, basically, that he just uh, seeing the situation and being burdened for his people and being burdened for his land. It's just like, if you will, that he collapsed in the arms of God. You know, of course, we've seen people uh, burdened about something and we go to them and, and it's almost like they collapse in our arms. It's as if Ezra here just collapsed into the arms of God. Well, I got thinking about that. 
You know, I got thinking about my uh, uh, friends and, you know, thinking about Brother Adam Kowski's family right now. I think of Brother Bill's family. Of course, we've all been, uh, many of us have been through serious things. And boy, I thought, what a, what a, what a, what a blessing. What a, what a wonderful thing that when that, 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 that thing comes into our life that makes us sort of feel like Ezra did, that we, gotta, that we can just collapse, if you will, into the arms of God and he'll catch us. Amen. We, I mean, we just lose all, all strength. We don't know what to do, but I'm glad, amen, that I have a God that I can just sort of collapse in his arms, amen, and he'll hold me up and he'll sustain me. And the reason I can, I can sit in church today, the reason I can uh, stand here uh, today, matter of fact, when I, when I called up to New York and I was, I was uh, uh, talking uh, to somebody and uh, they, made this, they made this statement they, of the night before and they said, oh, last night I just felt so alone, but I, I knew I wasn't alone. I knew I, I wasn't alone, and uh, what a wonderful thing to be able to uh, say that. But I'm glad that when, uh, when, when life hits that we have a God, we can just, amen, cast everything upon him and collapse in his arms, if you will, which is sort of like what uh, Ezra did here. And, of course, we know that we, he prayed, and we see his prayer in these verses. But notice verses uh, 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 1 and 2 of chapter 10. After he got done praying, notice what it says here in verse 1 of chapter 10. Now when Ezra had prayed, and when he had confessed, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God, there assembled unto him out of Israel a very great congregation, look at this, of men and women and children, for the people wept sore. Boy, I thought, wow, what a, what a wonderful, what a wonderful result of Ezra's prayer. What a wonderful thing to see that Ezra prayed. And of course, there were some praying with him. And I thought, what a prayer meeting that men, women, and children were moved and convicted. And boy, I thought, oh God, that we could have a prayer meeting like that. Well, I would say, hey, we need a prayer meeting like that, that we're, 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 we're from that prayer. The Spirit of God would just reach out to the church and, and reach out to the people of God that would affect men, women, and children. And they would be moved and have a desire to get things right with God. And notice what it says in verse uh it says, And Shekinai, the son of Jehiel, one of the sons of Elam, answered and said unto Ezra, We have trespassed against our God and taken strange wives of the people of the land. Now, the, uh, 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 Ezra came and those with him and they saw the condition of the land and, and they got burdened and, they, and they, they, they just fell before God and they prayed for their people. And fortunately, God moved upon those people and convicted them, some of them. And so they come and they confess it. But notice what he says after that. Yet now... There is hope in Israel concerning this thing. Oh, uh, Ezra showed up and the, the situation looked hopeless. But amen, the people of God got down to prayer and the people came forward to confess and one of them stands up and says, hey, uh, despite how bad it looks, there is hope in Israel. Boy, I thought, man, what a wonderful statement to be able to say that despite how bad the situation looks, somebody could stand up and say, yet there is hope 
in Israel concerning this thing. Boy, again, uh, I had to think about, about our nation. And so we can rest assured, my friends, we can rest assured that as long as there's a people of God, as long as there are people that know how to pray, as long as there are people that love and believe God's book, Amen. There will be hope in America. Amen. Hey, despite how it looks, amen, the people of God can still get together, amen, and, and be burdened uh, about a situation and be burdened for our families and be burdened about our, our, our homes and be burdened about uh, what's going on. And just like, hey, if somebody in that situation could stand up and say, there's hope in Israel, certainly we can stand, amen, in this day and say, there is hope. Hope for America. This situation sort of reminding him, uh, I don't know why this came to mind when I was looking at this, but that the story in Acts 27, you remember uh, uh, Paul, he's a prisoner and, and he's on the ship and uh, they're in that uh, situation, everything's looking bad. And it says this in Acts 27, 30, 31. And as the shipmen right? Uh, they were the ones that, of course, that ran the ship and guided the ship. They were about to flee out of the ship when they had let down the boat into the sea under the color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. But then, of course, Paul shows up and Paul makes this statement about them. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Now, of course, we know these weren't the believers, but I thought about that statement concerning believers, right? If you just take that thought that, hey, those that know how the ship should be run need to stay on the ship, right? The people that knew how to run that ship, they're the ones that wanted to flee. But he said, no, they're the ones that know how to run the ship, so we need to keep them on here because if we don't, it can't be saved. Well, if you look at it in that context, hey, I know that we like to flee, amen? We, how many times we say, even so, come Lord Jesus, amen? But we need to remember, we're the ones that know how to run the ship. <laughs> we're the ones that know how the country should be run. We're the ones that know, amen, how to get things done right to the glory of God. And so we need to realize, as much as we like to flee the ship, we need to realize, except these abide, amen, they cannot be saved. So that's what we got to remember when everything's that, hey, uh, this old ship, amen, needs us here, amen, so that people can be saved. So I know it may look like the ship's going down. Again, we'd love to flee, but except these abide, amen. So think about that. Your country needs you, amen. Your country, just like that ship uh, needed them, our country needs us. Our country, this country needs the people. People of God. And so Ezra said, God has given us a remnant. Again, in verse 8, he said, God's given us a space. God has given us a remnant. And we talked about what that was. God's given us a nail and a space of grace. And so the question is, we've got this, we've got this time period. We've got this space of grace. We've got this nail. And the question is, what are we going to do with it during this time? That is the great question. What are we going to do with the opportunity God has given us? God had given Ezra and them a great opportunity, and they recognized that. You know, it's, it, thank God that they recognized it because a lot of times God will open up an opportunity for somebody and they don't recognize it and they miss that opportunity because they're not attentive to what God is trying to show them. But we need to use the space that God has given us and we need to use it 
Now, Isaiah 1.9 says this. Isaiah 1.9 says this. Except the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant. This shows the importance of a remnant, of just, a, of just what a, a, of how a few people can make a difference. But he said this uh, about Israel in Isaiah 1.9. Except the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom... And we should have been like unto Gomorrah. In other words, God's great uh, uh, judgment there. So notice that statement, except this small remnant. And we need to realize, as bad as it is in our country, we have no idea the difference that we're making. You know, we just go through our life and sort of like everybody else, but we need to realize, listen, if it's bad now, of course, we know what's going to happen when the, when the church pulls out. That gives you an idea. But it says there, what made the difference? That small remnant. And so we need to realize as long as we're here, we are making a difference during this time period that God has given us. And it mentions the word nail in verse 8. It says this, right? And to give us a nail in this holy place. That sounds like an interesting statement, but the word nail means a means by which to be a part in the Lord's plan. A nail. God has given us, amen, this nail, if you will. He's giving us a starting place, a steadfast place, and a secure place, right? He's given us a nail. Now, in the Word of God, Christ is likened unto a nail. It says this, about uh, during his reign, Isaiah twenty two twenty three says, and I will give and I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place, and he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. Talking about Jesus during his reign, Amen. He's going to be a means of security. But turn over to Ecclesiastes, and we see a place where the word of God is likened unto a nail. Ecclesiastes chapter twelve, and notice these two verses. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verses 10 and 11. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 10 says this. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words. And that's what, that's what we try to do. We try to find acceptable words. Hope these words are acceptable. Notice this. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words. And that which was written was upright. Even, look at this, even words of truth right? The word of God. And notice what it says in verse 11 about these words. The words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of assembly, which are given from one shepherd. Boy, there's a lot in this verse right here. Notice what it says about these words, these wise words, the word of God. They're as goads, Goads, of course, you know what that was, right? That was a, a iron tip, a, a wood, probably a wooden instrument with an iron tip, right? That was for uh, to drive or prod the cattle or the ox, right? When they when they sort of stalled or they were trying to plow or whatever, they they right? They would say goat them, right? They would goat them with that instrument uh, to make them get going again. And so uh, the, 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 we need that, right? We need the word of God. Sometimes God has to use His word uh, to convict us, right? We we get stalled or we get stubborn like an old mule, if you will, and God's got to use his word and the spirit of God to come by, amen, and, and, and prick our heart, amen, and go to say, hey, uh, why set you here? Like he, uh, like he said to Elijah, why set you here? Hey, what are you doing sitting here, Jeff? You A uh, little smack across the head, get up there and get out there and, and uh, do something. 
So we got to be goaded by the Word of God. Thank God that the Word of God is there, amen, uh, to, to, to convict. And then it, it likens it unto nails. Words which are like this, words which drive home instruction for life. That's right. We think about uh, uh, driving a nail in. Well, God wants to do that with his word in our life. Words which drive home instruction for life, like the book of Proverbs. Words we can hold on to. Amen. I'm glad that I can turn to the word of God and I can find solid instruction for my life, solid direction for my life. Amen. And those words, if I, if I, if I apply those words to my life, my life will become stable. If I apply those words to my home, my home will become uh, stable. If I apply those words to whatever area of my life that, that those verses apply to, that word, amen, that area of my life will become stabilized, right? Will be nailed down, if you will, by the word of God. So words to give instruction for life, words we can hold on to, words that keep, we think of a nail, right? Something that keeps things together. The word of God keeps our life together. Otherwise it would easily fall apart. I think of nails are like spikes that hold a tent in place, right? When we, when we go camping or put up a tent, right? We have those spikes we put in to hold it in place. Otherwise the tent without those nails or spikes would blow away. And that's certainly uh, what would happen to our life. Amen. If we didn't apply the word of God and hold on to the truths of the word of God, amen. And to keep our life in place, we must get God's word nailed down in our heart. If you will. So that's a good question. What is holding your life in place? I pray it's the nails of the truth of God's word. But notice, uh, I like what it says here about the word of God. Notice what it says here. By the masters of assemblies. By the masters of assemblies. You think about that? That's a, a collected sayings of scholars, if you will. The masters of assemblies. Those are the ones that God used to pen down the word of God. Right? Those that were used to pen the word of God the prophets and David and then the, the, the apostles and such that God used to pen down the word of God. So notice that statement, the masters of assemblies. What do you notice there? It's masters is plural. That's what's interesting. Those that God used to, to, to give us this word, right? It says plural, but notice how the verse ends, which are given from one shepherd. <laughs> so it says, hey, God uses masters of assemblies, to put these thoughts and words together, but yet all those things came from one shepherd. Well, we see that in the Word of God. We know, hey, listen, uh, thank God for uh, uh, thank God for Moses, thank God for Ezra, thank God for David, thank God for Matthew, thank God for Paul, thank God for Peter, and all those, Amen. All those that uh, those uh, masters, if you will, that the Lord assembled together. But yet we know there's only one Shepherd, Amen. There's only one author of this book, and it shows that clearly even in these verses. So we see that God gave his word, amen, as a nail to help stabilize our life. So we've seen in Ezra, as we've looked at it here, that uh, uh, God wants to restore. That's why he sent them there, right? They restored the altar. They restored the temple. You know, eventually they restored the wall. So look again at verse 9. It says this, For we were bondmen. Yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy. Right? That song talks about extended mercy. That goes right along with the space of grace. God hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia. Notice this. To give us a reviving. 
to set up the house of our God and repair the desolations thereof and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. Why did God give this space of grace? Why has God extended mercy? That we might set up the house of our God to get the house of God in order to repair the desolations, amen, amen, to fix those things that need to be uh, 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 fixed and to give us a, a wall, right, a hedge or a place of protection, amen, where he has placed us. Understand why God is showing mercy when we should be judged. We must all say, amen, I want to be in on what God wants to do. God has given this space of grace. He's given us this time period. And why? Because he wanted to do something. He just didn't have, uh, uh, there were already people in Jerusalem. God just didn't send Ezra there because he wanted more people in Jerusalem. He went there to accomplish something. He sent him there to accomplish something. And God has not just left us uh, here in Greenville so that Greenville is occupied, right? There's other people. He left us here to accomplish something. He left us here to get things in order. You know, a lot of times we'll, we'll make a blanket statement like, oh, well, you know, whatever God's will be done. You know, we just sort of throw that out there. Well, that's fine. You want God's will to be done. But here's the question. Are you willing to be the vessel for that work to be done. <laughs> it's easy to say God's work will be done, but at the same time, are we willing to be God's vessel for that will to be done? Just like God raised up Ezra, God is always looking for someone he can work through. And when we enlist in the Lord's army, we must be willing to take any assignment. I know a lot of times we like to pick and choose our assignments. You know, the army will let you do that, right? I don't know if you knew that. You've been in the military. I don't know if it was like that in the Marines. You know, they'll say, uh, write down three places you'd like to go, right? And so now you know the three places that you're never going to end up, amen, <laughs> if you write down where, you, where, where, you, where you'd like to go. But you know, the best thing to do, hey, is just say, Lord, I'm here, and whatever assignment you want to give me, wherever that assignment might be, uh, Lord, that is where I'm willing to be and what I'm willing to do. God will lead in the work, and he knows where to put you. That's what matters. You know, not everybody needs to be where they'd like to be. God knows your strengths and weaknesses, and so should you. I mean, you know, uh, I, always, I always say, I, I, I ask uh, people all the time, I've asked Adam, I ask uh, when I meet uh, young people, you know, uh, I'll talk to them about things like that. And I'll say, well, well, what's your dream? What would you like to do? Right now, does that fit your strength or, uh, or or whatever? Like me, right? If I could choose, you know, if God said, "Okay, Jeff, I'm gonna let you do whatever you want in the church," what would you like to do? Well, I'd say I want to be the song leader, right? But thankfully, the Lord knows my strength and my weaknesses, and so do I, and so that's never gonna happen, amen. But if I got to choose, if I got to choose, uh, that's what I'd like to do. Just saying. But fortunately, we know uh, God knows better than that. We know better than that, amen. But God wants to use us. Ezra understood what was going on in the place where God put him. He understood what was going on around him. Notice verses 10 and 11. He says, Now, O our God, what shall we say for this? For we have forsaken thy commandments, which thou hast commanded by thy servants the prophets, saying, The land unto which we go to possess it is an unclean land with the filthiness of the people of the lands, with their abominations, which have filled it from one end to another with their uncleanness. You see, uh, uh, Ezra showed up and all this sin was going on around him. But one of the great things, again, he was aware of what was going on around him, but he didn't get sidetracked by it. He didn't get sidetracked by the surrounding sinfulness. 
And so no matter the place we serve the Lord, right, we need to realize the heart of man is the same. Many things have changed throughout the history of man's existence, but of course, man's heart hasn't changed. And that is why, uh, despite whatever uh, time period we live in, our message and our methods haven't changed. You know, I hear all the time, well, you know, this generation's a little bit different. No, it's not. Now, we, we know in one sense they are, one sense, right? They might do some things different, but whatever they're doing different is a result of their heart. It's just a result of their heart. So we know, listen, so uh, we don't need to change anything because the heart of man hasn't changed. So what does that tell you? Since man's heart hasn't changed, our message doesn't need to change. Our methods don't need to change. Our message, no matter what time period we live in, no matter what generation we're dealing with, is going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. I asked Ari, I said, what are they calling this generation now? You know, I've heard so many. He said, I think generation a generation alpha. I said, no, that is not a good name for this generation because when you think about, you know, the alpha dog or the alpha male, whatever, you think about a leader. These are definitely not the alpha generation. They don't need to be leading anything. They need to be led. Amen. They need to be the led generation, right? And so uh, uh, they're definitely not that. But our message doesn't need to change. It needs to always be the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our methods don't need to change, right? And what is that? Prayer, witnessing, Bible study, preaching, and reverent worship. That doesn't need to change. And that's exactly what uh, uh, God used Ezra to do to get going there. Listen, they'd been in captivity 70 years, right? And now they're coming back and God said, well, you know, it's been 70 years, Ezra. We're dealing with a new generation, right? So we're going to do some things different around here. No, what'd he do? He got them right back to the basics. That's what he did. When they showed up and despite all the abominations, despite all the sin, they, Ezra didn't get the guys together and say, oh man, we're going to have to come up with a new program. This is just too, things have gotten just too out of hand in this generation. Things have just gotten too bad in this generation. We're going to have to come up with a new plan. We're going to have to come up with a new message. We're going to have to come up with new methods. No. God said, you know what you need to do? You just need to get back, amen, to the basics, right? The same thing that, were, the same thing that was working before you went into captivity, if you would have just listened to it, you'd have never gone into captivity. And so uh, we don't need to get uh, the same message, amen, that worked in our generation. It works in every generation. I know we've said that. And then the methods. What is more important than what is going on in the land, don't get sidetracked by that, is what, God, is what God is doing and what's going on in the church and in the hearts of God's people. That's what matters. Don't get sidetracked by what's going on in the land. The reason uh, uh, people try to move to new messages and new programs, you know why? Because their focus becomes on people. What can we do to get more people in. And so what they do, they run through people and then to Jesus. No, it goes Jesus, then to people. I thought we're trying to reach people. We are, but we're reaching them, amen, <laughs> through the word of God. The people don't set the plan. I mean, how many uh, of, of you let, let your uh, children set the menu, amen, when they were growing up? No, uh-uh. Uh, mom and dad took care of that. So we need to use uh, this space, amen, and get back to the basics. Use this space also to encourage one another. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says this, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, 
for he is faithful in the promise. And let us consider one another and provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Provoke, not the negative, but the positive. We should, that's what we should be doing. One another. You know what we should be for one another in our Christian life? We should be one another's cheerleaders in our Christian life. Uh, life. Well, when somebody comes and shares uh, uh, something with you about a blessing they've got or, or, or prayer or a need, amen, uh, you should seek to be an encouragement, amen, to one another and be excited when we see one another. This space, amen, use it to uh, get understanding from God. Notice again, verse 8 says this, and now for a little space, great hath been showed from the Lord to leave us a remnant to escape, right? And to give us a nail in this holy place. Why? That our God may lighten our eyes. You see, God has given us this grace. God has given us this time period. God has given us his word. Why? Because he wants to give us understanding how to do things during this time period, to lighten our eyes. Look at what it says. Psalm 13, 3 says this, Consider and hear, O Lord my God, lighten mine eyes. It is believers that must have a spiritual and biblical understanding of the times. You see, it's our job to keep the sanity in an insane world. Luke 24, 45 says this, Then opened he their eyes of understanding. Why? That they might understand the Scriptures. And that's what we need to be praying. Psalm 119, verse 18, every time you go to the Word of God, uh, my friend, Brother Crabb, every time uh, he read the Word of God with somebody, we always prayed this verse. Every time before he preached, he prayed this verse. Psalm 119, 18, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And it's why to get a little reviving. Yes, desire revival in this space of grace. Lord, again, if it's not going to sweep across America, let it at least sweep across my heart and across the remnant. And so as we see in Israel, God brought Ezra back and he gave this space of grace. And he said, Ezra, don't waste this time period I've given you. Amen. You don't need to come up with some new message, some new program. Amen. Just amen. Rebuild the altar. Uh, get back to biblical worship. Get back to biblical faith. Amen. Uh, 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 rebuild uh, the house of God. Get the people back uh, in, in, in the word of God. So listen, anytime we get sidetracked, amen, just come back to the basics. And that's what God used, amen, to help uh, Ezra and get things restored there. God has given us a nail and a space of grace. As we finish up here, we must know the sure word of God so that we can use it to encourage the remnant, amen, and to impact those around us. God's word gives us an understanding of the times. And as we follow the scriptures and seek the Lord in prayer, he will revive our hearts and repair what is broken in our lives. Amen. Our time is short, but we must use the space of grace. Amen. And be active. Amen. In serving uh, the Lord. Matter of fact, uh, uh, we're having the uh, evangelistic coming up and uh, we're hopefully going to start knocking doors again here soon. And, uh, you know, we need to just be praying, Lord, amen, uh, uh, don't, don't get sidetracked by the sin around us, 
But Lord, help us uh, to stay and do what we're supposed to be. Lord, you've given us the space. Help us to hold on uh, to the word of God. Help us to hold on uh, to one another. And uh, Lord, serve you. Let's pray.